welcome back everyone to Lunch Talks with Matt and Brendan. And this is culminating the uh, couple that we made, the pre-Clagato and now post-Clagato. Because Brendan is officially back. So, Brendan, just, just start. Okay, um, let's see. So, we headed off on to Clagato Friday morning, like 10 or 11 a.m. The, the trip was a little bit over 30 hours. So... You know, we weren't driving for 30 hours, but it was a little bit over. Then we got there, and our first big job, the first job we had to do was dye Easter eggs. <laughs> so so we had, like, like all these, like, manly men, like, you know, <laughs> dipping the, the Easter egg dye in, into, the, into the dye. It, it was funny. hilarious. But um, right after that, it was like a three- or four-hour mass that we had to go to. Mm-hmm. It was crazy long. And so, so we, we did that. And oh my gosh, like, like it was really hard not to laugh during that. And we, we were laughing really hard and it was, it was really bad. Cause like the, the church is like 50 people and we were just sitting in the back, like 10 of us or I mean, there were like six students just laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, were you still a little bit delirious from your car? Yes, that was, <laughs> that was definitely something that attributed or that I'm still delirious. I got like two hours of sleep last night. How was that? Like, like. I don't, I can't explain what past like nine or 10 hours in a car feels like. I can't explain it, you know, but, but now that both of us have done it, like, I want to see if you can explain it. There, there was no time. Like my dad asked me like, how, how was the drive? And I said, time didn't exist. Like there was no time in the the entire experience. We just sat there. There was no destination to get to because where we were was the destination. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was almost yeah. just like that became your life. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. There there was everything else evaporated. Mm-hmm. My yeah. entire existence was sitting with Bo and Hayden <laughs> and, and the two chaperones driving. I saw some of those quotes. That was that was incredible. Oh Honestly, my gosh. Was, let me see yes. if I can pull up some. Because that <laughs> don't, don't, you know, you don't want to embarrass Hayden. Oh, no, 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 no. I Hayden yeah, Hayden he, is so cool because he actually like puts these together, but um, <laughs> I I just I use that just to archive it to show the kids yeah. another car. But I mean, some of these this is this is this is how how much I love you know Hayden's like <laughs> like brain. Um, and and I don't mean that at all in the bad way. I mean I I mean I really appreciate the the randomness of his random contest. But like um, I like to scream the colors of the jelly. Ruby slippers are my kryptonite. Aardvark avocado taco. Just the, that's the, just a couple. The look on his face when he said those things it just made it so funny. Like he'd be like, mm-hmm. "Aardvark avocado taco." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and and he's always done that. I I can't imagine being in the car for twenty four hours. Like, and 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 I bet he would never stop. No, that's, that's that's how that's how he is. He's he he has like he has like a whole filing cabinet of of those. Yeah, those I have to imagine those quotes that I sent you were the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. It just got so like we went down the rabbit hole over the over the course of the trip. But uh, like like as far as that stuff goes, it, it would happen like every night we'd be going to sleep, and there there would be six of us in the, in a dorm room, mm-hmm. and just start talking and just the weird stuff. <laughs> it, we were all like rolling around laughing for like thirty minutes before we went to sleep every night. But uh, the second day, wake up straight to mass again. Boom. Again? Finish a four-hour mass, Ooh. and then wake up, roll out roll out of bed, eat. They had amazing food there. Really good mm-hmm. cooks. But 
ate a breakfast mass right after Easter egg hunt, kind of had, had a little get together with the Navajo people. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, we went to Canyon de Chez. Mm-hmm. Blew my mind. Is that, isn't that oh, a, like, isn't it crazy? Yeah. Like, you don't see anything like that here. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. Um, I hope you don't mind, but let, I'm going to go. All right. Um, let me see if I can squeeze through. Because I'm going to go. I'll edit this out. Of the okay. It's just like right in my eyes. And look at that. It's still going to be right in my eyes. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, whatever. I'll just shift your chair a little bit. I can, I can smell claggots at one. You can? Mm-hmm. And I, and, and I enjoy smelling it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I picked so much sage. I got a hoodie, and mm-hmm. I tied it closed, and I just threw some sage in there. Like, sage is awesome when you use it right. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. And, and, and there's like an infinite amount there. Mm-hmm. Is it a grass? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh. Did y'all get the bag with the, the dirt and the, um. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. We did. I've got that, um, in my chest over there. And I keep the Ziploc um, bag, you know, closed. So, like, whenever I go into my bag, I, I can open it and smell it. And it still smells exactly like it did there. Yeah. The sage and the... And, oh, man, it's awesome. So. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you want me to continue? Yeah. yeah right. I, I'm, I, I don't want to take a whole lot of this time, you know, trying to, like, relive, you know, my memories. I want you to just go on, like, with, with what you, you know, did. And I'll, okay. like... I'll reinforce it and be like, I totally appreciate that. All right. I mean, yeah. so keep going. Feel free to relive it because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's sometimes it's still wonderful to relive old memories. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, just keep in mind, podcast listeners, I don't even know if I slept last night. I'm not sure what was going on for the few hours that my eyes were closed. But, uh, anyway, it, it's been a long, like, few hundred hours. So, so Canyon Deshay was. Oh my gosh, mind blowing! And we had some pretty adventurous spirits, including myself, on that on the crew. And we uh, would get really, really, really close to the edge. We would like lie down, mm-hmm. like peer over. We found different spots that we could like hop onto rocks and take awesome pictures. A lot, lot of rock climbing, a lot of just like just being in awe of the beauty of Canyon de Chez. It's like there's like a 700 foot drop down to the canyon, and there's like this river. And sometimes we, we saw like people on horseback riding around. There were like some teenagers in a car, just like you could hear them screaming from the bottom of the canyon, just like mud riding in the, the river. And we did this hike. I, I think you guys did the hike too. It was like mm-hmm. a one and a half miles down. There's mm-hmm. like a, like a little river. Mm-hmm. Whew, that was beautiful and awesome and amazing. We, we climbed down this super awesome trail and, uh, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. Spent some time in a really cold river really huffed it on the way back up and and a few of us we were trying to take shortcuts on the way back up mm-hmm. we did the same and like just like going straight up mm-hmm. the rocks yep at one point i overestimated my abilities and there was like this really steep rock i didn't realize how steep it was and these shoes have like no grip i've mm-hmm. worn, worn them all the way and so like i'm like oh god what's gonna happen because I, I could have slipped fell to my death there were a few moments in Kalagato where i could have died but uh <laughs> so so like I could have fallen to my death, and I'm like, what do I do? Where do I go from this point? And all of a sudden, this hand with, like, a blue sleeve, I still remember the color of his shirt, like, extends into my vision. And I'm like, I look up, I'm like, oh, God. And there's there's a Navajo man. And he just, like, holds out my hand. <laughs> like, do you need help, my friend? <laughs> he didn't say my friend, but, like, he was like, you need help? And he just pulled me up. It was, that was amazing. 
But Brother Charles is a wonderful guy. I mm-hmm. love that guy. He's and, so cool. And Alex, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> incredible human being. He is. I love him. But uh, like, did he tell y'all? Because he told told us that um, he lives on like seven thousand dollars a year. That's that's all he makes. He told us uh, he makes like three hundred a week. Really? So I guess he got a raise or something. Must with, have or something. With, that might have been when he like first came there or something yeah. like that. But but he had, he had mentioned about living at, on that you know kind of you know essentially way under poverty level. Yeah, he has eight kids. Mm-hmm. grandkids all living with him and he's one of the happiest people I've ever met in my life mm-hmm. he's incredibly hilarious and whenever you're around him anybody who's around him they automatically get risen too oh my gosh he's he's pretty awesome uh let's see we did a lot of work with hogans we did mm-hmm. like like uh like alex had a temporary hogan he had to build build for a certain ceremony mm-hmm. and just you know like like some wooden posts and t- t- what's it called uh, plywood mm-hmm. instead of like the logs and so we took it down because he didn't need it anymore and we took it over to the hogan of a lady whose hogan was just falling apart it was just like it was really bad it was sad to to see who's uh whose was it i i don't know her name i don't remember her name Do you know where, uh, where it was was it it was um i know it's you know you, you leave the mission you take a right and you're going on that highway and at some point you take another right onto one of those really long dirt roads mm-hmm. you drive really 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 far onto one of those dirt roads and take a left and that's their house okay. so that's that's farther i was on the other side of uh Clagato when we did stuff with elanita did y'all ever go Ellen? over there or, mm-hmm. ella ella oh my gosh yeah she yeah did. yeah we met her mm-hmm. oh She's yeah awesome. i, I worked i worked on her place with chopping wood and building up mm-hmm. her uh her sheep corral i guess mm-hmm. you would call that we had to build some gates for it because they were kind of low but uh like a lot of hogan work just just using like a electric saw and one of the wonderful things about the work we did there was like my entire idea of myself just like faded away and mm-hmm. like the only thing that ever existed was the work i was doing that mm-hmm. was the only thing in my mind and that was that was the only thing that was going on. Was you work. didn't think of like social media, no. getting work done, you know, like schoolwork, college. No, I, I yes. got home and I saw the news on the on the TV and I felt allergic to it. I was like, oh yeah. gosh, like, you know, crossing <laughs> the air, just turn that stuff right. off. I, I don't want to see it. <laughs> I was so this, I was like, that's exactly the same feeling that I had, you know, yeah. that literally the only thing that matters right now is just doing whatever I'm doing. Like, yeah. That's it. You know, and it, it, it's so beautiful. It's so freeing, really, mm. you know, and I wish that I could just live that way. But then it's like when I when I came back, I was like, I almost wanted to get back into into this where, you know, I felt comfort, comfortable in this. You know, I wanted to go get work done. And so it's like I have this this, you know, this torn feeling of like, I love that so much, but I don't think that I would want to do that for my whole life, mm. you know, or or is it just that? That's what mainstream media would want me to believe. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, I, I don't know. I, it's something that I'm, you know, that I've always thought of, you know, where where would I want to end up? And maybe just working like that and doing stuff at Clagato is, you know, it's supposed it, you know, it's supposed to be for us to do that just for once in a while, just so, so that way we can feel getting away from it. From it. Because yeah. I think if we were to de- de- detach ourselves so much from our, normal life and do and pretty much just live at Clagato, the beauty and the richness in doing that might fade away. Mm. I don't know. That's something that I've thought, but, um, but you being on your Clagato high probably right now, it's like, like the only thing that you can, that at least that I thought was like, 
I just want to go back. You know what I mean? Like, I'm happy to be home, but I want to go back. I don't mm-hmm. know. That was that was my thought. Yeah, I'm, I'm like totally in the present right now, mm-hmm. and that my like my mm-hmm. mind state's probably changed because of the the sleep. But mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like there was so much beauty there, and I, I don't know even what to talk about because there's so much stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> did know, you go to uh, Chaco Canyon. Yes, we went to Chaco. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw the Great House. Did you guys ever? Did you guys ever um, go to the, the Big House, Great House? No, we didn't. Um, well, w- was that the big like fortress kind of mm-hmm. thing? Yeah, 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 that, yeah. We went there. We are inside the Great House. This is built in around 1000 AD. It's pretty cool. Looks like it was built by MC Escher. A bunch of rooms. This isn't all of it, this is just some of it. Yeah, we, we, we did the petroglyph walk first. Mm-hmm. And, and then you went over to the yeah it's big oh it? it's it's huge can you imagine that at like it's it's prime yeah in 1080 ad was yeah. when it was around right but was... i mean can you can you imagine like because that's huge for for like turn of that millennia yeah. mm-hmm. you know millennium like that's that's incredible that's incredible yeah it... and and the the big like circles with the the and it had all the grass growing at the bottom was it growing uh for like like did you see those big circles that were like really yes, deep? Yes, I did. And then they had, for, when we were there, there was a whole lot of grass down there. I never noticed grass on the bottom. Like mm-hmm. that's just because I didn't mm-hmm. care to look on the bottom, but I mm-hmm. did notice the the circles. Yeah. I don't know what those are for. Might have been yeah. burn pits because you know natural fertilizer. Yeah, I don't know. But and and did y'all like walk through it? And, yeah, we and walked stuff? through. It. Yeah, and and you've got like the little doors and stuff. It it was so cool. I. I that place and and that that was the place where, that's that's why at the at the pre-Kagato thing I said, just listen, yeah, because it like it was silent, and was so was that the same thing there? No, but that was really in the forefront of my mind, like mm-hmm. like seeking for that silence. I I didn't I didn't hear like there was still mm-hmm. sound, but yeah. there were, there were moments like most of Kagato was just so quiet, mm-hmm. and uh, I I don't know. At one point, we drove into a town called Gallup. I think it's in New Mexico, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I think it's like 70 miles away. Yep. We had to go to a Walgreens, a Home Depot, and like one other store, and we had to drive all the way to Gallup to do that. Mm-hmm. I walked into Walgreens, and it was like a culture shock. I had been there for like three or four days, and there was like a Top 40 song playing on the radio, and there's like mannequins, and I was like, what is this? What is this materialistic world we live in? <laughs> this, oh, I hate this, this kind of thing like mm-hmm. I, I don't know like because we had been you know existing among people who are extreme poverty level and uh you know not much material stuff we didn't no one cared what we, what we looked like we were just wearing whatever mm-hmm. you know uh, i think one guy like wore the same thing for like five days or something like that <laughs> i think he changed his shorts but it was crazy and just so quiet so silent and so beautiful and it's it's a different world out there mm-hmm. like I, I literally felt on the first day that I was on a different planet. Mm. And, jeez, ah, that's crazy. Um, were you able to go back behind the cemetery? I um, Yes, I did what you, you told me to do. Awesome. I, I stayed there for 30 minutes. And awesome. you, I remember you told me something like, stay, stay there for 30 minutes and meditate on like love and compassion. And this was directly after the sweat lodge. I'll go to that later. I can't say much on it because the medicine man said, you know, don't share what happened in it. But, oh, geez, I, I was in a different state right there. I was quite dehydrated because 
where there's four rounds of extreme heat and you're, you're sweating a lot. And I was dehydrated for like the whole trip. You can probably see all my lips, cracked lips. Oh yeah, it snowed like three different days there. We woke up one day and it looked like Antarctica because it snowed overnight mm -hmm. in like, Arizona. And, and like everything was yeah, up. everything was covered in like a small like ice sheet wow. in Arizona. Mm -hmm. It, it get, got cold there the whole time. Yeah, but, it was uh, cold. I mean, it, it never got like above fifty degrees when we got when we were there. Geez. But it, the only the only ice we found was like in the shadows, like in the morning, you know. But it never actually snowed. Yeah. But continue with your. Uh, so so like I was out there and I like I walked out there and I was trying to get into the right state of like you told me to reflect on you know love and compassion and relationships something like that and you know I was trying to be in solitude and you know examine the the natural beauty just to be like all right because I that was like the last day we were there so like your cross was with the group the entire way through Clagato and until I I buried it in the ground but I I was trying to think of like like, oh man, I'm not in the right state for this. And and so like what I did was I started reflecting on like every single person in my life, like how thankful I was for like every person that's come through my life, whether it was for a month or a week or for, or for years. And I was just like so thankful and so grateful and just like offering up my gratitude that, that I was able to have all these, these people in my life. And I, I recognize how beautiful everyone is, like how, how beautiful all the people that I, that I know are. And I'm not talking about physical beauty. I'm just talking about like, like just admiring all their idiosyncrasies and just all those things. You know, like I thought about my my grandparents or my friends at at camps or or whatever it was, and it was just just like that got me into the right state. And I felt like at that point I was able to like get into the the mode where I felt that love and compassion. And then I I buried your your cross. I'm like, all right. Here, here you go, Matthew. This is your place. You would never be able to find it because it's way out there. Because mm -hmm. I was trying to get by myself, and like other people were walking around out there, mm -hmm. and I was trying to like, you know, weave my way around the sage bushes. But uh, yeah, that that was incredible. The the sweat lodge. I don't know. I I feel like I changed slightly as a person after that sweat lodge really? that I will never return to the uh, slightly different person that I was before mm -hmm. the sweat lodge. I'll, I'll explain what the concept of a sweat lodge. I can't go into like the details, whatever. So a sweat lodge, what we did, we did four rounds and the medicine man is, his name was Hank. He, he's very, you know, traditional native American spiritual connected with the earth and he has like his idea of spirit and God is like very connected with the, the earth we live on. Here, Brennan shared a lot of things that are very personal and very uh, specific and very special about the sweat lodge that he asked me to take out. But I'll say the gist of it and, and what, uh, what was most important is, is that whole notion of being reborn again um, and uh, coming out new, essentially, and, and being cleansed. And so if there's any any big idea behind the sweat lodge and behind what happened, it's that. And what, what, what they do is, like, like, you go in and you're cleansed with the heat, spiritually and physically, and you get out reborn, a new person. And I got out, I was dehydrated, dehydrated and that's the largest fight I've ever had for my consciousness in my life 
like consciousness as being awake. And uh, the only other time I've really had to fight for that was like one time I was running and started to blackout. So, so when I got out, everything was this bright white. And it, it wasn't just because I was in the darkness for so long. It was because I was like gone with as far as like I was dehydrated and it was crazy. And so like I could barely stand up and I was fighting to stand up. And I was like, I felt like I was going to throw up and I, I couldn't see anything. It was all like super bright white light coming at me from like all directions. You'd like look out in the desert instead of seeing orange. It was like this super white. My vision was like closed like this. And uh, eventually like I was like, oh gosh, we had to do a picture. So I like, I like stumbled into a picture and I had my arms around two people. I, apparently I wasn't even looking at the camera. Like I was like looking at the ground. <laughs> so... I'll find that eventually. <laughs> I'm scared to look at it. But so eventually I'm like stumbling around and then bleh, I throw up like projectile vomit. And then all of a sudden, like I can start to see better and like I'm like more conscious. I'm like, whoa, whoa, okay, I can stand now. And so I'm like, you know, spinning, trying to get the rest out. And then all of a sudden, boom, again, I throw up. It was like pink. I don't know what was going on in my stomach, man, but I threw up pink stuff. Stirring uh, up your old you. Yeah, like I felt like I was wow. purging like some kind of crap that was in there, <laughs> and um, yeah, that was that was insane. But my mind was like really shut down for the rest of the day because I was so dehydrated. I couldn't talk well. Um, I called my mom on the phone that night, and she was like, "Are you okay? You you sound a little shaky." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine." Like, like I couldn't have a normal conversation. My head was like super in pain, mm -hmm. but like, like as, as soon as I, I was able to like function well, I, I went out to do the cross thing cause I didn't know if I had time to do it the next morning. Mm -hmm. So, so like I was in that state when I did like the, the gratitude for all my, all the people that have been in my life. So I don't know if that was like an altered state of consciousness when I was doing that or not, but it was, it was very powerful. Like I, I felt this intense overwhelming sense of gratitude for all the people in my life. Um, so, so the sweat lodge was, geez, that was crazy. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, it's going to hurt to hear this, you know, Katrina, the dog. Um, yeah. The black dog. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wednesday. Something yeah. Happened to her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I should tell you this on, on air, but Go ahead. so Eric walks in, he's like, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but somebody just ran over Katrina with a four-wheeler, wow. right? So we, we had seen the four-wheeler leave earlier through the windows in the Hogan. We get out, there's tracks. Katrina's in the middle. The people ran, came in with the four-wheeler, ran ho her over, didn't even stop and left. Wow. And so it was about 30 minutes. It was me, Hayden, and Brother Charles, and we were all sitting with Katrina as she took her last breaths. It was, it was very, very sad. Uh, a few people tried to go run after the, the four-wheeler to see if they could find them, uh, which they, they they never did. I don't know if that's an unfortunate situation or not because they could have been in a fight because people were mad that it happened. Mm -hmm. Some people were like, you know, we, we want to, like, you know, beat them up or mm -hmm. something. It was kind of jokingly they said that. But, like, you know, Brother Charles, he was like, no. Like, he was... He didn't even engage that idea. He was very peaceful about the situation. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, it was hard for him because he lost a dog. But I don't know. That was 
that was that was pretty tough that that happened. Um, hmm. Let's see what else happened. Like it's so it's hard to put the stuff into words. Like it's it's so hard. I I don't know. I I really love the sense of community that 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 I was feeling like. I feel grateful just to have like, you know, a Saturday family get together where, you know, your cousins and uncles and all the people who you relate to get together for football or whatever and you have something to eat. And that, that makes me feel awesome. I was having that the entire trip. Like you're just surrounded by people you enjoy being around. Mm-hmm. You're sitting in the Hogan and and one of the chaperones he's a pretty good on guitar and he can sing and he was, you know, doing that a lot. You're just having a good time, a lot of bonding, you know. And uh a lot of driving involved. To explain Clagato to the people listening, we had to drive 15 minutes to drop off trash, right? So, that's yeah, insane. Yeah, I mean, like, you've got the, the main water uh, hole, essentially, you know, that's, like, at the center of town. Um, you've got to drive about 75 miles out to Gallup for anything else. Yeah. Um, and for us, it's the 25 to 30 hours to get there, and it's, like, I mean, there, it's so remote. You know, it's even past, like, what we joke, you know, around here, like, you know, you know, north of I-10, it's just, you know, the country, you know, or whatever. It's like, you know, yeah, we can joke about that, and, and that's the stereotypical Mississippi, but, like, this is so remote. This is so, you know, beyond, you know, just uh, society, if you will, that yeah. there's no explanation for it. You know, there's a lot of driving because there's just all these people just pretty much outscattered among it, but it's like... It, it's just it's so beautiful it yeah. really is it, it's so beautiful to see almost like what natural life looks like you know mm-hmm. what life would look like if it wasn't industrialized or if we didn't have so many people you know and, 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 and that's a hard argument to make because you know by being a person you're contributing to being too many people yeah but you know it's just it's hard to hard to put into words for uh for any of the listeners exactly what it means yeah and I, I hope I didn't spoil it, you know, with anything that I said no. before I could. Um, but, you know, it's something that, you know, I wish everyone, I, I wish everyone could do it. Yeah. And one of the realizations I came to out there, I think a lot of the group did too. I think it was a overall consensus. I mean, that's that's my idea. I think most of the people had this idea is we kind of got to realize what was really important in life. And I like, I looked at my life before you know, Clagato and always being in a state of stress, trying to secure a future that would make me happy, but I was never happy doing it. Mm-hmm. I was never, never happy being stressed out or anxious, trying to find find a future that would make me happy. And I, I realized like, like the monetary stuff and all that stuff in the, you know, having the high status and the job and the, you know, the, you know, the, the corporate penthouse and the top of the hotel child's play that's child's play compared to the real stuff you can deal with in life yeah like you know the the strong powerful emotions or the sense of connection with people or just you know feeling the wind on your face and breathing in the fresh air or breathing in the smell of sage in the desert or or all all that the natural beauty is is so crazy and when we when we came back on the bus like we this is still i was still in the state of being in solitude of being basically Mm -hmm. solitude except for the people around me, the 10 people, including Brother Charles, or, or along with Brother Charles and, and sister and and Alex and the other people we met, like Miss Ella, or, you know, just, just random people that we 
helped out. And uh, we go into the subway, and oh, there's like three teenagers, and they're just stressed out. They they were like running out of food to like give their customers, and they're like they were having such a hard time. And I was just thinking like, why is it like this? Like why are they? Why is there even this setup where like these people like you know they throw away their their desires to live a full life for for money or status or whatever? I mean, money can bring you a lot of freedom, but ah, jeez, it's it's important to a degree for mm-hmm. freedom for for you know well being of your family, taking care of people, and having a nice place to live and travel and whatever. That's not the most important thing. And right. this one night. We go out and uh, one, one, count, one counselor, one uh, chaperone went outside and came back in and he's like, these stars are super clear. So we go out and we see, you know, a good bit of stars, but they're really blue. Mm-hmm. Instead of here in Mississippi, when you look at stars, they're like white-ish, mm-hmm. but they were like super blue and super luminous. And you could, you could see a good bit of them, but we decided to go on a trail and just drive out way out into the dark. There's no light there at the mission. There's like there's that like one light. Yeah, there's there's a few lights, and that believe it or not, that really blocks it out. So we drive out there. I've never seen stars like that in my life, ever. It was just blackness in every direction, besides some like distant lights of random small towns like Ganado or mm-hmm. Clagato or I, I don't know what other towns. But you look up and it's just filled. Like somebody took a paintbrush and a hundred times over, they just slapped it on a canvas dome. It was just this super bright, luminous light everywhere. It was, it was, I was awestruck. I was like, I was not just a normal state of being like, oh wow, that's, that's pretty. That's that's beautiful. Like draw drops. Yeah. Like literally speechless. I, I don't know how to describe that (laughs) sensation. I'll call it an eyegasm, and you can you can edit that out if you feel like it's no. I it's like not the, I like eyegasm. I was having an eyegasm looking at <laughs> looking at those stars, like I I didn't believe it. Like it was almost unreal to me because mm-hmm. I've been to planetariums before. You know those are like mm-hmm. lay back. You you been doing? I, I haven't been to one, but I know what you're talking about. You like you go into the, like this artificial dome, and everybody is like sits in like this these movie theater seats, and you lean back and you stare at the ceiling. And you just see the stars and they map out the constellations and stuff. I never thought I would see something like that in real life the way it was. I thought, I, I never thought I would see stars like so blue. And a lot of people said they saw like shooting stars. I, I never got a chance to see those. I guess I didn't look in the right spot, but oh wow, it was, it was, it was crazy. And mm-hmm. I just loved being out there in the, the silence and the, in the nature and the, and everything. I, I probably still have like sand in between my toes of the hike we did this morning. Mm-hmm. Yesterday morning. We left yesterday morning. I got I got home a few hours ago. I, I, I'm I just saying this for the people listening. I disassembled the, the place out of my backyard that we had for, for years and years. And we've all grown, like my younger sister's now grown out of it. So it's also getting kind of like shaky and whatever. So I took that down for like four or five hours. Immediately came over here. I, I wanted, like, I'm mm-hmm. still wearing the same clothes, all that stuff. Uh, I can still smell you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, so, so we, we get, we get on the highway going, we, you know, take a right for the mission, go on the highway. There's a road called Transwestern Pipeline. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have done this, this hike. We weren't able to make that hike, but I, I know, I know of it. I know what you're talking about. 
and, oh, it and it's got awesome. like all the ruins and stuff. Uh, yeah. You're talking about that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I only saw one set of ruins that mm-hmm. we went in, we went into. Mm-hmm. It was incredibly sketchy. Like I was close to death a few times. But uh, so so you like there's like these two canyons. No, there's you're in one canyon, but there's two rock walls on both sides of you for most of the way. You're just like walking in between it and just following this trail. And there's no marking at the road that's telling you. If, it, you that this is some kind of monument or cool trail or something there's nothing it's just an unmarked random road in the middle of nowhere and so we get out we follow this wash into the canyon one and a half to two mile walk there it is the ruin i didn't see it until i actually got up but you like kind of climb up this this really steep thing with loose rocks and they're like slipping around and you have to like you know jump up and like pull, push yourself up mm-hmm. and it's crazy so like it's it's a real rock climb it, it's the real and, deal. and you're not like on harnesses and a helmet you know what i mean nope i mean because because i can relate that at least a little bit too when we went to canyon de Chez and like you said running pretty much running up at the end i mean it, it felt so exhilarating to me yeah. because it's, it felt the same way you don't you don't get to do that here in any way yeah. you know it doesn't matter how much you run or anything around i mean literally you are running up a rock face yeah and it's so cool because the the air is different, um, the 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 ground is different, um, different things like that that make doing that so like natural. Almost, yeah. it's like this is what I this is what I'm supposed to do. And, That's how and, I feel. And it's like I, I would love to do that. I would love to do that just every single day. Go and yeah. run that, you know. But continue. Yeah, that's yesterday morning. I was on that 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 canyon wall and I was thinking this is what I would like to do my in my life I like to spend time climbing these these crazy things